This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, I want to talk about our responsibility to pray for government leaders and to pray for our governments for the lands in which we live. And particularly when we're coming up on times of election, this responsibility is even more important than ever. So right now in the United States is a great time to remember to pray for our government and to pray for our leaders. Keep in mind that God is the one who says he puts governments in place and he puts governments in place that we may have decency and that we may have order and that criminals may be stopped from their criminal deeds, that we might have justice in the land. So there is a purpose, there is a reason for the government and God says that they don't bear the sword in vain. He gives them the authorization to have the sword to deal with people who are the evildoers amongst us. So just imagine what it would be like if we are living in a place where there's no law, there's no order, there's no justice, and everybody does whatever they want to do. That would not be a safe or an enjoyable place in which to live. So God has put governments in place that we can enjoy the environments where we are. And likewise, we are required to submit to governing authorities so long as they are not violating any of God's laws and what they require us to do. So if we're going to submit to a governing authority and we live in a country where we have the right to vote, wouldn't it be wonderful to exercise that right so that those who you select are ones that you really are willing to submit to, which is a good thing to have a choice. Some countries, there are no options. There are no choices. They may be led by a dictator. They may be led by some other autocratic authority that is there for life and so on. However, in those places where we have a voice, it's important to actually use that voice. One of the things that I think about often and remember as an African-American person, I know that the right and privilege to vote is something very special. Many people died, marched, were imprisoned to get the right for African-American people to vote in the United States. And even when the voting laws were passed and people technically and legally had the right to vote, there were still many barriers in place so that even when people showed up to vote to the right precinct and polling place and they knew who they wanted to vote for, they were turned away with all kinds of ruses, all kinds of excuses and weren't permitted to vote. And this went on for a long time. And so we really had a lot of barriers. And when I think about that, and I think about my ancestors and those who were turned away from polling booths, 
when I think about those who marched and died that I would have the right to vote, I don't miss any elections. I make sure that I vote, if for no other reason, in honor of the great sacrifice that so many people paid that I would have the opportunity to vote. So think about that. We want to value these privileges that we have in those countries where it is possible. So in our brief time today, I really want to cover several things that we can be praying about in the election process. And first of all, I would say it's important for us to pray for ourselves. As we're studying and doing the homework on the various candidates that are running for office, And I know in my case, this can take a long time to study adequately, to know what the issues are, to know the positions of the candidates, what they stand for, and to really search out this information. So pray for yourself that you will have the wisdom, that you will have open eyes and vision to see what you need to see about the candidates, about the issues and to know how to vote. So that's number one. Number two, I think we can pray for servant leaders who have a heart for the people. Some leaders are the kind of leaders that make the citizens want to flee, and others engender respect. They create joy in the country, and people feel blessed. So we want leaders who have a heart for the people, leaders who know that their role is to serve the people, kind of in the spirit of what Jesus said, that he who is great among you, let him be your greatest servant. That's what it is. It's about humble servant leadership. So we can pray for God to reveal which ones of the candidates are the servant leaders and to pray for them. We can also pray for leaders who know and care about right and wrong. Again, they're in positions where they have to create laws or they have to enforce laws in our lands so that there is justice and so that there is some semblance of peace. And if they, the leaders themselves, don't know right from wrong, what kind of laws are we going to get? So we want to pray for leaders who understand right and wrong, and what to advocate for. Number four, we want to pray for the leaders that we elect to have wisdom in decision-making. Whether they follow God or not, we want to pray for their godly wisdom in decision-making on so many issues. I'll just name some of the issues. The issues right now are inflation, recession, The cost of essentials, food, shelter, clothing are really skyrocketing, and many families will suffer as a result of these escalating prices and costs. So we want our leaders to make wise decisions about inflation, about the recession. We want them to make wise decisions about immigration, our border integrity, This country has been a country that's welcomed people who want to immigrate here. 
We are known as the land of the free and the brave in the United States. The Statue of Liberty is still standing in the harbor in New York. So I say that, yes, we want to still be a nation that welcomes new people, new talent from across the globe, a country that's welcoming to refugees who are escaping difficult and challenging situations and whose lives are in danger. And at the same time, we want to have procedures and processes in place for immigration that are fair, that are reasonable, that are realistic. That's important too. And that there is border security, even as we are opening up the borders to people to immigrate to the United States. So immigration is an important area. Energy is important. What kind of energy are we pursuing for our future? And for now, until we get to that future, when is that future? And how will we use the energy that we're talking about? There are lots of conversations about the priority of fuels, fossil fuels, the priority of solar and wind and water-powered electricity and electricity in general. And so we need leaders who are wise in making decisions about where we need to be today, where we're going in the future, and what are the steps so that this proceeds in a logical and reasonable fashion. For example, if we jump so quickly to something like electric cars, and there's no ability to create those cars in an affordable manner, or to have the electric stations in abundance across the country, not make sense to get rid of all of the fuel-powered cars too quickly. So we want leaders to understand the repercussions of decisions and to have a pathway forward that is doable and affordable for the citizens. So energy is important. And if we are into fuel energy, from what sources? Where will we get it? If from foreign partners, then who? And what are the circumstances there? Or will we use our own resources in some way? We're also having lots of changes in our world due to climate change impacts, whether these are tsunamis and earthquakes and hurricanes, which are becoming more frequent, more devastating, and leaving in their wake so much loss of life and property and people having to start over and to rebuild. So we want to think about what can we do about the disasters that are emanating from climate change possibilities? And we want to have disaster relief plans in place. Leaders also need wisdom on wars, particularly right now, the war between Russia and Ukraine is still going on. And how do we support nations who are aligned with us in terms of values and ideology such as Ukraine? And where will the resources come from? How many resources? And what does that look like? We need leaders who are clear and who have a great plan in place. Given everything that's going on internally with the United States and with your country, wherever you are, and across the globe, 
So we're talking nationally and internationally, globally. Spending is going to be a major topic. So where to put these precious resources on what kinds of initiatives and what kinds of activities. So we want leaders who are wise in their spending. So those are some of the decisions that leaders are making, not even all. And we want them to have wisdom in all of those, wisdom in the staff and people that they surround themselves with to help carry out the work. That's also important as well. Number five, we also just want to pray for the peace, safety, and ongoing provision in our land. God's hand on us. God's help, which we need, not just human help. We need supernatural God's help every step along the way. And we know from a biblical perspective that God is able and capable of turning the hearts even of pagan kings, and he has done so multiple times in the past. So we want God to be in a position to turn the hearts of our leaders in the right direction. Six, we want to pray for access to voting, voter safety. We want to pray that plots to stop people from voting or to cause voter suppression, that these plots are uncovered and that they are stopped. When in a nation where people have the right to vote, we want those people to be able to vote. So that's another area of prayer, praying for access for voters to go out and to cast their ballots. I think it's important for us to pray also that people do exercise their liberties for voting and voting freedoms. And many people are feeling discouraged and are thinking they're not going to vote. They're planning to sit home. Well, we need to pray for them because this is not the time to sit home. We all need to come out and to cast our ballots. That's a long list of things that we could pray for that hopefully will make a difference in our world. And I want to remind us of several things in the biblical passages that I'll share today. The first one is Jeremiah 29 and verse 7. And I want to set this up to say that God was prophesying through Jeremiah and others that Judah was going into captivity because of their disobedience to God for a long time. He had sent many prophets. He had called them to repentance and they chose not to turn from their wicked ways, even after they saw that the northern kingdoms had already gone into Assyrian captivity. So now Judah is facing Babylonian captivity, and God said, oh yeah, you're going, it's going to happen. And you're going to Babylon, it's not your country, it's not your land. And this is what he says to them in Jeremiah 29.7, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace, you will have peace. So even though God's people were going into captivity, he wanted them to pray even for the pagan nation that they were going to, because it meant that they and their lives would be better 
because they're praying for their government. So again, we're sojourners on this earth. This is not our permanent home. And God still calls us to pray for our pagan lands wherever we may live across the globe. And then I'd like to turn to 1 Timothy and the second chapter, and starting with the first verse, because here's where the scripture we are called to really intercede for our nation and for the people. It says, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, this is very powerful because we again are told that when we pray for our kings, when we pray for our leaders, when we pray for our nation, we are in essence praying for ourselves. So as we are in this season right now of voting and elections, get out to vote. And before you go, make sure you pray for yourself, pray for others who are not sure they're going to vote, and pray for the leaders that we elect, that they will be a blessing to our nation. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.